Want to be more confident when having business conversations? Join the Small Talk Made Simple class. In this free email course, you'll learn how to exude confidence when talking to anyone and when explaining what you do. Sign up now at thecmethod.com. Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 107 of Stand Out Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I've got a rockin' solo show for you today, and it's all around the topic of mindfulness. And I was inspired to do this episode because on Monday, I had my very first flotation tank experience. If you don't know what a flotation tank is, it's a futuristic looking pod that's full of about a foot deep of very, very, very salty water. And you get into this pod and you lie down and you float because of the salt. It pushes you up and you lie there and they close the pod. So it's not for those who of you who are claustrophobic. They close the pod. It's pitch black. There's no sound, you wear earplugs, and the water's the same temperature as your body, so you can't really feel the water either, and you're not meant to wear any clothes. So the idea is that you're completely deprived of all sensory stimulation, and the idea is that it forces you to be really mindful and to be aware of what's... aware of just the stillness and to let your mind relax and to let, you know, new creative thoughts come in. And for me, I had heard about these flotation tanks and I was keen to try try it out. So I went and had my very first experience. And I'll share a little bit more about how I went in a moment, but I just want to share with you first why I'm talking about mindfulness in this episode and how it relates to public speaking, communication and confidence, just in case you're thinking this is a little bit of an odd topic. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash mindfulness. That's thecmethod.com slash mindfulness. Okay, so why am I compelled to share this with you this week? If you want to be more effective at speaking with people, so not just public speaking, but having conversations with people, if you want to be a better communicator at work and in your personal life, you need to have a strong level of self-awareness. Listening and being present in the moment is a powerful communication tool. And it's impossible to be mindful when you're constantly thinking about other stuff or being distracted by your phone and having your tension being taken away from you at all times. Have you ever experienced a time when you were talking to someone and you could just tell that they weren't listening to you? Maybe they were glancing over your shoulder and even though they were saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they were looking around, they were checking their phone or looking at their watch and you could just tell they were not paying attention. And I want you to think about how did that make you feel? Probably not very special, Right. And they say, you know, the most charismatic people are the ones that can make you feel like you are a champion, that you're the most amazing, incredible, talented, most interesting person in the entire universe. 
And wouldn't it be amazing to have that skill? Imagine what you could achieve, the the relationships you could build, the people you could get on board with your ideas if you could have that effect on people. Now, developing this ability to listen starts with listening to yourself and developing this self-awareness, okay? I'm reading a couple of books at the moment. One is by my friend Joshua Spodek, who I interviewed on this show just a few weeks ago. His book is called Leadership Step by Step. And the first few exercises in the book are all about developing self-awareness and mindfulness in order to then be more mindful and aware of other people and how they're communicating and therefore enabling you to be a better leader. One of those exercises is called the Three Raisins Exercise where you take three raisins and you eat them very, very slowly and mindfully and really savoring each one. And then you write down what you noticed, what you felt. And this activity forces you to be super, super observant and mindful of what's going on. And this, in turn, if you can then apply that to your to your work, to yourself, and being mindful of how you're feeling, what how you're coming ac- across, what other people are saying, what their facial expressions are reading. All of this will help you to be to become a better communicator and a better leader at work too. I'm also reading a book called Uncertainty by Jonathan Fields. He has a fantastic podcast. It's called The Good Life Project, which I love listening to. And this is the first book of his that I've read. And he talks about how attention training or AT, how it plays a huge part in the creative process, being able to generate new ideas, stay focused and produce amazing work. And his book is specifically for creative people and entrepreneurs. And there's a whole chapter where he describes how uh, learning how to be mindful, learning how to get in flow, learning how to meditate, all of these things can contribute to you being more creative and having more focus with your work. So there's no doubt that being mindful and practicing this and practicing just being still and having that self-awareness and noticing things, there's no doubt that this is really important if you want to build your skills as an effective and influential speaker, leader, and communicator. Okay, so what do I mean by mindfulness? What is it? The way I define mindfulness when it comes to your communication and confidence is one, being present when speaking with others, two, recognizing when you have nerves when public speaking and being able to deal with them, number three, being able to focus on the goal of your presentation and the big picture message instead of being distracted by your nerves and the fearful thoughts that try to take over. And four, being aware of other people's communication and their nuances and being able to recognize that the way they are saying something may not necessarily match their words. So if you can be more aware of this, it will help you to understand others much, much better. Let's talk about some ways that you can start to be more mindful. Now, I'm in no way saying that I'm a super calm Zen master In fact, I've been putting off doing meditation or getting into a meditation practice because I seriously thought that I couldn't do it. I I find it really difficult to just sit there and think about nothing and clear my head. But like with all skills, of course, I should know, it takes time and practice to build this up. 
And learning to be able to focus and train your mind to be clear and and mindful isn't something that you can just either do or not do. It takes time and it takes practice. And the good news is you don't have to sit cross-legged on a grassy knoll for hours and hours and levitate for it to count as attention training. Okay, so here are a few things that you can do to get started with a daily mindful practice. Number one, you can go for a mindful walk. I do this every day without fail. Every single morning I wake up, I think around six. These days it's been a little bit earlier. Um, I get up early and I go walking and I do not take my phone. So no um, podcasts, no music, no nothing. And as I walk, I try to pay attention to my environment. So I look out on the water. I'm lucky enough to be living by the beach. It's so beautiful. I look at what the sky looks like in summertime. You know, the sun's rising and it's beautiful. I look at the trees and I try to notice how the trees are moving or hear the sounds and listen to the sounds of the ocean and be aware of that. And this is something that I do because it's easy. It doesn't require me to like sit there and try and focus. I just walk. And walking is an amazing way to just clear my head. And I'm not a scientist, but I've seen tons and tons of stories and and findings on how important walking is to, to your overall health, not just physical, but mental as well. The second thing you can do is to do an activity that forces you to focus on that one thing. And Jonathan Fields writes about this in his book, Uncertainty, as well. So it could be something like hot yoga or surfing or running or rock climbing. So something that really forces you to focus on what's happening in that moment so that you're and you're not distracted by other things. I used to play social basketball. I wasn't any good at it, but there was I had to focus on the game. For that entire time. There's no way you can be distracted by other things. So that's a form of mindfulness or, or attention training because you're you're focusing on just one thing. Right now, I mean, I go to CrossFit three times a week and when you're in that much pain at that moment, you can't think about anything else except just finishing that workout and getting through it. You can try using or coloring in mindful coloring books for adults. I've seen these pop up all over the place. I haven't given them a go myself, but they're supposed to be really calming for the mind and it forces you, again, to focus on that one thing and and look at the colours and the lines and, and not pay attention to anything else. So if if you liked drawing and colouring in as a kid and, you know, maybe that might work for you and, hey, you don't have to draw anything, so creativity doesn't really matter. You're just colouring between the lines. So have a look out in your local bookstore for some mindfulness coloring books. The next thing that I'm going to suggest is to download a meditation app and start small. So I can't say that I've stuck to this because I only did this yesterday. I downloaded the Headspace app and it's a free app. I think for, you know, you have to pay for it at, at some point once you've used up all the free bits, but Right now, I'm still into the free part of the meditations. And what I like about it so far is that it starts you off with a three-minute meditation. Three minutes. That's all. And you just sit there and the the guy, I think his name's Andy, he, he guides you through 
drawing your attention to your breath and all of that. And it's very simple and pretty easy. I found it quite easy, which was great. And then, so that was yesterday. I started it today. Again, it was three minutes and I'm, and I've decided that I'm going to do it every single day, as long as it keeps sort of fairly short. I'm happy to dedicate five to 10 minutes to it every day, see how I go and to see if it makes a difference. But the key thing with that, with, I mean, I think, I think an app is a great idea, but the key thing with starting any type of practice like this is to start small. So if you decide, all right, I'm going to launch myself into this mindfulness thing. I'm going to go for a walk every day and then I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes and then I'm going to go to CrossFit and then I'm going to color in for half an hour. Chances are you're probably not going to be able to stick to it. Okay. So start small. And when one thing becomes an easy habit that you can repeat without having to try, you know, it's no effort at all, then start to add something else. Uh, Okay. Next thing that I've got here. Oh, stop scrolling. And when I say stop scrolling, I mean, get off bloody Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and stop bloody scrolling through all this mindless, distracting crap that you really do not need to see and that does not add any major value to your life. Okay. Now I've learned that when you scroll through stuff, each little post is vying for your attention. Each little post is saying, click me, click me, click me. And in your head, you're making these micro decisions about, should I click on that? Is that interesting? Should I tap on it? No. Okay. Maybe I won't. Next thing. Oh, who was that? Who commented? Oh, should I comment? Maybe not. And it actually drains your decision-making capacity the more you do that because you're making these micro decisions. And what that does you know, we have a limited capacity for making decisions, which is why by the end of the day, when you made tons of decisions, you feel exhausted. And when you scroll through stuff, you're silently draining your brain as you do that. Plus all these things are little distractions. And it's like, look here, look here, look here. And it's training you to not focus on one thing because you're constantly jumping from one to another. So please do yourself and your mind a favor and stop scrolling or at least reduce it if you can. And another thing you could do is to try a flotation tank, which is what I did the other day. I'll just give you a quick overview of how it felt. So it's very space agey because the pod's like this shiny white thing and inside they light it up with cool colors. But then once you're inside, you turn the lights off and it's pitch black. And they played this sort of yoga bird sound music for the first five minutes just to get you into the flow of it. And for me, lying there, I was like, this is the longest five minutes ever. When the music stopped, I was like, oh my God, is it? I'm here for another 55 minutes. I don't know if I'm going to be able to last this long. And immediately my mind started to race and just think about things and how long am I going to be in here for? Am I going to get cold? Oh, is that an itch on my ankle? Oh, I don't know. Am I going to hit the sides? What happens if I move my arm over here? All of that stuff was going through my mind. And I couldn't seem to just stop myself from thinking about stuff. So what I tried to do was I focused on relaxing my entire body. So, you know, when I was, when you're floating there, there's like nothing, it feels like nothing's touching your body. So I was trying to just relax it as much as possible and relax my neck and close my eyes. 
and just notice little things. Like I was breathing and I could feel my body lifting out of the water slightly as I breathed in, as my lungs filled with air, and then dropping back into the water as I breathed out. It was really weird. Next thing I know, I sort of wake up. (laughs) I think I fell asleep for a little bit. I'm not quite sure if it was like a half sleep or fully asleep, but I definitely like felt nothing, like I was floating in space just in this dark void and then woke up again. And then next thing I knew, knew, the music started playing again, which signaled the end of the hour session. So I did make it through the 60 minutes and it was surprisingly pleasant. I quite enjoyed it. And when I came out, showered, you know, you come out, you shower, you get changed, you wash all the salt crystals off you. When I was walking around afterwards, I felt really calm and relaxed and like I was floating on a cloud and I didn't even get cranky when the people in front of me were driving really slow and I didn't race towards the orange lights like I usually do. I was kind of like, oh, it's a red light, it's fine, I'll just stop here. And I was just warm and feeling all fuzzy afterwards. So it was a really nice feeling. Again, it was my first time. So I think I'll get more out of it the next time I do it. So I'll keep you updated with that. Apart from feeling nice and calm and relaxed afterwards, I didn't really, I didn't have any massive creative breakthroughs or anything, but we'll see. We'll see. I do have a few tips here on how to practice it in your daily communication as well. So bringing it back to how can we use our mindfulness skills and be more mindful when we are speaking with others. So the first thing you can do is to really listen to people when people speak. Make good eye contact with them. And I know this might be hard to do, but instead of thinking what you're going to say in response to the question, Really listen to them and ask them a follow-up question based on what they've just said and try to show real interest in them, okay? When you listen to someone and you're present, you may pick up some little nuances. You might pick up something that they are particularly passionate about that you didn't realize before, right? So don't just nod and say, oh, okay, cool, cool, and then move on to the next thing. Really listen. Now, this may be difficult if you're a very analytical person, and I've spoken to analytical people before, and they've said that they often try to preempt the other person's answer and then think of your answer to that question and then preempt what they're going to say to that, and it's like you're 10 steps ahead in the conversation. I want you to try and trust in the conversation, if that sounds like you. Just trust that you'll be able to think of something to say once they've finished. I know you might be thinking, what if I can't think of anything to say? What if there's an awkward silence? Oh my God. If you're freaking out about that right now, then you haven't listened to what I'm saying. The whole point is that you don't know what you're going to say because how do you know until you've listened to them first, right? You base your question on what they've said, which means that you have to listen. Crazy, right? Now, if you really, really need some help, here are some question ideas that you could use. So when someone's talking about something that they like, whatever it is, whatever they're talking about, you can ask, um, 
Why do you think that is? So get them, so probe them a little bit deeper. Why do you think that is? Why are you interested in that? What's your favorite part about it? I find if people are talking to me about their job, you know, their work and they're sounding, they're sounding like they're interested in it, I'll say, so what's your favorite part of the job? Why is that? You know, why are you interested in it? You could also ask, how do you suggest someone get started with that? Let's say it's a hobby that they're, that they're interested in. You can ask them for advice. For someone getting started, what, what can we do? And then continue it on that way. Next thing you can do, this one's for public speaking and being aware. If you're the sort of person who gets nervous and anxious before public speaking, like most of the population, so it's totally normal, I want you to see if you can notice those nerves that come up and acknowledge them and then take some deep breaths and say, hello, nerves, I see you. And then you're just going to let them go. Okay. Acknowledge that they're there. Don't try to ignore them. Next thing is to focus on why you're delivering that presentation, that big picture message. So instead of being distracted by, oh, I feel so nervous. Oh, what if my slides don't work? Oh, what if they don't like me? Instead of being distracted by those thoughts that will try and creep in and they will try and get your attention. Instead, if you try to focus on, okay, why is this presentation important? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? How can I make this the best possible experience for my audience? That is going to help you to become a more calm, collected and effective speaker. Oh, and by the way, if you still feel that anxiety with public speaking, then you may want to consider joining my Overcome Public Speaking Anxiety course. You can find it at the website, thecmethod.com slash anxiety course. That's thecmethod.com slash anxiety course. And in that course, I address the five crippling thoughts that hold them back from becoming effective and confident speakers. So I definitely recommend that you check that out. And that brings us just about to a close for this episode. I hope that you've been very mindful in the way that you've been listening and and hopefully haven't been tweeting or Instagramming at the same time. (laughs) I make it my challenge to you for this week to practice bringing a little more mindfulness into your life and seeing if it makes a difference to the way that you speak to people and, and the interactions that you have with others too. Now, I'll pop links to the flotation tank that I went to here in Melbourne. I'll pop that in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash mindfulness. I'll also put links to the Headspace app and links to those books that I mentioned as well. So go to thecmethod.com slash mindfulness. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you found what I had to share useful, please do share it out. Share the link out on Facebook or LinkedIn or or email it to whoever you think would also benefit. I would really, really appreciate it. It's a great way to get the word out. And that's all from me this week. Thank you so much for choosing to direct your attention to this podcast and spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. 